0: there everybody and welcome back to circling cell sports on converge media you can see that we are not here in the studio i am actually here at rough and tumble pub here in ballard uh bell is at home at the the in-home studio you know ever glamorous um hey bell good to see you again for a second week in a row um interesting week uh for the teams that did play the seahawks keep their playoff hopes alive by beating the new york jets uh at lumen field uh, they do need some help next week in addition to beating, uh, who do they beat? The LA Rams. Uh, the Kraken are having very much interesting times. Interesting times. Um, and we got some stuff here and there. The Sea Dragons added some players in the supplemental draft, which is very interesting. And the Sounders made a decently big trade. Outside of that, it's relatively quiet, though, as we have entered 2023. So happy new year to you. Bill pokes me and says that it's a holiday and we shouldn't be working, uh, jokingly, but uh, who cares? I don't care. You know, we're, um, this is what we're going to do every single Monday, whether that's, you know, here at Rough and Tumble. I don't know. Here here we go. There we go. Oops, I spilled water. Um, Official glass right there. (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, wherever that may be, you know, like it was Washington DC C. a few months ago uh, at the end of ASL final. So uh, with all that, well, Belle, how did uh, your New Year's go? Oh, Belle, your microphone is muted.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm not going to be a downer, so I won't speak on just like all the negative things that have happened in the last couple of days, but um, it was nice to see our Seattle sports team start the new year on a good note
0: yeah, no, I mean, with with that, in 2023, our Seattle sports teams are defeated. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Uh, So with that all being taken into consideration, let's go straight to our our Seahawks here as they hosted the Jets. Uh, Kind of a big game. I know that when we looked at this game uh, at the beginning of the season, maybe we didn't think it might not mean much. Uh, We we thought it might not mean much probably for either team, quite honestly. Um, And it, it was... Pretty important for both of them because both of them needed to win in order to keep their playoff playoffs alive. So why don't we go over to this January 1st win against the Jets, talk about some points, get to players of the game, and then the injury segment, which again, we always hope is uh, non-existent is we have to talk about that. So we'll go yeah. ready to score here.
1: Yeah. So as you mentioned, uh, win against the New York Jets on the first, they won 23 to six, and A couple of things that I noticed from this game was just kind of how quiet our wide receivers were. I always do expect to see a little bit more of Tyler Lockett and um, DK Metcalf. Of course, the Jets have good corners. Uh, Sauce Gardner was on DK Metcalf for a majority of the game, and he he did a pretty good job on assignment on DK. DK had only one reception for three yards. um, But Tyler Lockett, as I mentioned, was also pretty quiet, and I think it's – also worth noting that of course he just had hand surgery 10 days ago um before the game and that's a lot to come back from um I think there were they said screws metal screws inside of his hand at the time so yeah just a lot to play through but it was nice to see Gino get the offense going in other areas of course with our tight ends which we've seen before um and really just come out with that win
0: yeah and I think you, you talked about the tight ends there and you know that's something that I've really liked throughout the course of this season, right, is getting the tight ends involved and really seeing the offense. That that was my point. Uh, my my starting point was that it was funny with this game, uh, starting at 1 o'clock here, um, was at the Kraken game. We we get in the building pretty early, right? So I put everything down, get set up, and I've got the Seahawks game going. And it's like the first few minutes, Ken Walker's got a 60-yard uh, yard run, breaks off a 60-yarder. Yeah. And then, like, the next play or so, uh uh Gino's finding a tight end in the end zone and it's I think it was Kobe Parkinson at the time I think Parkinson scored first and then Tyler Mabry scored second but that was my point was start out with the big run and then being able to spread the ball around offensively to Mabry to Parkinson uh Mabry who was getting his first NFL touchdown I believe is his mm-hmm. first NFL touchdown A guy that's been like on and off and on and off and on and off the practice squad uh really just sort of grinding his way at the NFL level um and they beat a good Jets defense. This is a Jets defense that, you know, with the yeah. way that the offense has been playing the last few weeks, obviously you play against the Chiefs. It's a tough team. I know we got some comments about how – I thought it was ridiculous. There's a comment about how they're not the same old – they're not the Chiefs that used to be. I'm like, this is still a team that has Patrick Mahomes and arguably his prime right now. And, again, they're playing – they traded away Tyreek Hill. Um, Their running back situation is kind of interesting because they're using Jerick McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, who aren't necessarily – traditional sort of running backs, um, they've got a, they've still got a good defense, with a lot of talent in that secondary Trent McDuffie at the University of Washington. So my point being is that they're no slouch, right? And this just defense, Sauce Gardner, uh, DJ Reed, who was a Seahawk last year, who elected to go in free agency to the Jets, uh, Quinn and Williams has been a great piece for them on the defensive line after being a high draft pick a few years ago out of Alabama. So. You know, it's a talented young defense, and they probably, honestly, will just continue. This jet team will get better. You know, yeah. Uh, they will just get better whenever they, whenever they figure out that quarterback situation. They will be a four, and that's the thing. You look at that AFC, one of the AFC East, because you've got uh, Miami, which has got a ton of talent. With you know, hopefully, too, is able to stay healthy. Because if he continues
1: yeah.
0: injuries, he should probably just retire at this point. Uh, New England's an interesting case, but they continue to hang around year in and year out. Um, Miami, well, I just said Miami, the Jets, we just talked about them, and then Buffalo. That's a good division right there. So, you know, there's talent in that case, but it was, I mean, you look at the score here, we go back to the score of 23 to six. That's a pretty command. It's it's, it's not necessarily a blowout, but Seattle commanded this game, arguably from the time that Ken Walker had the 60 yard. Um, and oh, yeah. They, to just kind of have their way i did watch i was able to watch parts of it and i know dk dk was kind of limited i think Uh, yeah so that was that was okay i mean one of our leading receivers was dj dallas on the backfield i remember one of those i think you know he did a score on it but he like gino threw him like a little little dump and he was able to take it i thought he was going to score honestly um but this is this was a good solid win for them to get back in the win column uh, it was really funny because you see all, at least I saw um, on socials, all of the things, like even the NFL was like, oh, Mike White's back for the Jets and he's going to start. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. You know, it's like, that's fine, <laughs> but I'm not that worried about it. Because, um, I mean, he had that solid performance. Uh, I think he clicks well with Garrett Wilson. But, again, if they find a quarterback, maybe with what's happening in, in almost at Oakland. With Las Vegas, with Derek, uh, Derek Carr, maybe they get Derek Carr. Um, but we're not a Jets channel. So um, it just felt like a good win. It felt like they ne- they did what they needed to do after, you know, I, I could you could say that last week against the Chiefs was a must win in order to continue to decide your own destiny, but it's the Chiefs. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week with it being a really tough game from the start. Um, so you, 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 there's step one. Step two is next week against the Rams, which yeah. they've been. I mean, did they play? Um, well, I'm sure they had. They, to
1: play yeah, they weren't super commanding in their game, and they actually lost to the other LA team. So,
0: oh, um, okay, that was that yeah. game. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, okay, because I was gonna say, you know, last I remembered, they were putting the smackdown like the Rock on. Uh, Excuse me, the Broncos and Russell Wilson.
1: That was last I week. Mean, yeah,
0: yeah, and I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll look at his stats right now, but you know Baker Mayfield's kind of started to rejuvenate his. Uh, Eleven for 19, 132, no touchdowns, no picks. But that's not bad. He got sacked three times. Um mm-hmm. kind yeah, of a tough situation no. there. But he he he's he's been able to do better than he did in what was going on in Carolina, right? So it's still going to be a good competition, I feel like. But there was that whole controversy. I don't know if you saw that with the the time. Uh, situation with where the seahawks game was going to be put on the nfl schedule and the lions packers game because that lions packers game um has been part of the deciding factor yeah because we need the packers to lose that game so go lions all that um and the uh that game will be officially on sunday night football
1: yeah. So, and the argument is that if the Lions, if the Seahawks win, the Lions have nothing to play for
0: Correct is how yeah. I've
1: interpreted it. So then yes. knowing that score of that game could change the level of play for how they play. However, here's my take. If you're, if you're a Lions team who has been at the bottom of the NFC North for a few years and you have the chance of taking the Packers out of the playoffs, Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would ease up on them. So,
0: No, and uh, what I saw, there was a press conference with Lions head coach Dan Campbell today. And he basically, it's not word for word, but he said, we're going to fight. We're going to go out there and we're going to yeah. fight. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Um, so that's good to see. So I don't know if everyone watches the show, but Everett fits. He was a big Lions fan. and him and I joked that the Lions would play the Seahawks in the NFC Conference Championship game and the Lions would go on to win their first Super Bowl. So I would have been okay with that, honestly. But (laughs) now we're in this position where uh, we need to ultimately end their season, which is, you know, it's tough. But we need those Lions to win still on Sunday Night Football. So uh, to get back to our general discussion about, about the win over the Jets, it was a nice win. The defense played well. Um, If we look at our players of the game, uh, some nice sacks in there, Uh, you know, with the rookies in this, even I think uh, Kobe Bryant had some plays in this as well. There was some good rookie play in this game. Um, Just really solid. Mike Jackson got his
1: first interception.
0: And I I, I will be a critic. I've been told I need to be more opinionated. (laughs) So it's, it's good. It was nice to see that, but I don't think he's a Seahawk next year. So, I mean, good to see Hot that. It's, it's, we'll we'll look at it right now. We'll look at the season right now. And that was a good contributing factor. I think that was to basically end the game. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was it was a good, solid win that sort of gets you right back on track to where you need to be heading potentially into the postseason. So let's look at players of the game. Both of us went to the backfield for this one.
1: Yeah, so I did see your pick for K-9 and I don't disagree with it at all, but I was also impressed by DJ Dallas, so I had to go with DJ Dallas here. Um, It's always nice to have someone... Just as strong coming in in a position when, um, of course, K-9 takes a little rest. So DJ Dallas had seven carries, 43 yards, a 6.1 average. And then he also had some receiving passes. So three receiving, 55 yards, 18.3 average. Um, I really just liked his explosiveness coming into the game. And I think that that's important. Like I said, when you're giving your guy a rest to come in and just fight just as hard as he is. So, yeah, that was my pick.
0: And you know, looking at it, i i, I was, was I don't know if you said it there. was he the leading receiver?
1: I think he was, yes, yeah, you're kind of right. crazy
0: to think about and I, I I think I talked about this in the preseason, right? We talked about the preseason. DJ Dallas was someone that for me uh with I think Penny wasn't able to play in the preseason mm-hmm. much, neither was Ken Walker, and DJ Dallas was the one who took a he took advantage of his opportunities, which was really good to see. You know, so he's been a guy that's been a solid contributor for me. Obviously, it's going to be tougher for him once the backfield is fully healthy at some point yeah. in the offseason, right? But at, he, he's, he's contributing, and that's all you can really ask for a guy who's effectively on the bubble, you know, in terms of the, the depth chart there. Um, I, I, I did go with Kenneth Walker III. Uh, 23 carries 133 rushing yards, including that 60 yarder that I've been talking about the first quarter. He did have one catch for nine yards. And, uh, you know, if you take away the 60 yarder, he still got 73 yards, most of what it was was, um, uh, it felt like one, he helped set the tone for the game, um, with that big sort of gash. It was like, all right, we're ready to play. You know, we had those struggles, um, against the chiefs and that 49ers game where we weren't able to run the ball. Um, even really in the chiefs game was really able to run the ball, mm-hmm. but you know, we were able to get back to it, have a more sort of, this, that's a good thing. Go back to the discussion, a balanced offense, you know, it's it, right. it, Pete Carroll talks about running the football, running the football, but really is balanced with the way that Gino has been able to run the, uh, to pass and command the pocket and just be efficient while also being able to run the football uh, with Ken Walker, the mm-hmm. third. And it was just good to see him get back to what we've seen Um in terms of his offensive production uh, throughout the course of the season, so that's where I went with that. Um, I know I hinted towards you know getting to the quarterback when we were doing our general game summary, uh, and that helps you out with your player of the game. So why don't we get to defensive players of the game here, as you went with outside linebacker Daryl Taylor
1: who has had a slow start to the season, but it seems like he's kind of figuring things out right now and had a great game. Um, He had two tackles, one assisted tackle, and then two and a half sacks. And we're normally used to seeing Uchenna Nwosu in that role where he's super commanding and he has more of the sacks, but it's nice to see uh, Daryl Taylor definitely take his role and take that position in some games.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, this is somebody that you know, last year, really, with his leg all messed up as it was coming off of injury, there was some worry that he wouldn't be able to have that explosiveness uh, yeah. coming off the edge. You know, and it's good to see him, like you said, last couple of weeks kind of um, ramp it up here. And you look at some of those. I know that Gerald Taylor is not necessarily a rookie, but you look at sort of the younger rookie uh, pass rush options. Boye Mafe has a good um, – there was one stat in particular about uh, tackles. Um, in terms of like how much like playing time he gets where he ranked pretty high and there was calls for him to get more playing time. So who knows? Um, but it's nice to see Daryl Taylor, to see his name in here consistently, right. Yeah. is a good thing to see, you know, two tackles is fine, but the two and a half sacks, that's a good day. That's a good day. Um, and, you know, it, it helps out your secondary as well. And I went with the secondary here going with three. Woolen. excuse me, the defensive rookie of the year, in my opinion, um, <laughs> Seven total tackles and four solo is solid from a cornerback, but the one pass deflection and the one fumble recovery. So not only, you know, I know he's uh, been at the top of the league in terms of interceptions as a rookie, but also going to it. And you look here at the fumble recovery, just being around the football. And that's important as well, because there was a quote from it was like a mantra from Pete Carroll a few years ago. It was like the ball. It's all about the ball. You know, and that's a good point. I want to be able to fly Mm -hmm. towards the football. I had a conversation uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was about the 49ers defense, actually, where a lot of the 49ers defense swarms to the football, whether that's, you know, the ball carrier or or just in general. And that's what the Seahawks defense used to do. You know, that's why they were, that's part of the reason why they were so good in in so many ways. Um, So it's good to see that uh, from Woolen, who, you know, just week in and week out, you figure is learning more and more. And it's just amazing that the beginning of the year when he was drafted and all that, he was considered a project cornerback, you know. So um, I, I'm just going to be really happy with Tariq Woolen going forward um, and what he's able to do in the secondary. So, um, you know, this is normally where I'd like to say, oh, yeah, we were able to get through actives and all that. But some tough stuff as, you know, we just hindered on. Seattle needs to win next week and they need Green Bay to lose and they're going to lose a big factor in that. But let's get through um, general injury news uh, before any of that.
1: Yeah, so our inactives to begin the game were Abraham Lucas, Travis Homer, Penny Hart, Isaiah Mack, Guy Jones, Artie Burns, and Ryan Neal. But even more significant, as you mentioned, were the injury Or the specific... Well, no, I would say the injuries that occurred during the game. So Jordan Brooks is out for the rest of the game with a knee injury that happened in the second quarter. Um, It has now been confirmed that Brooks has suffered a torn ACL. So that ends his season. um, Just a a big blow. You hate to see someone that's such a key part of your defense go down.
0: Yeah, and... He's, he's trying criticism from this fan base, and I understand that. It's tough to go from Bobby Wagner to basically anyone, right? Um, and, but he's been, I think last time I checked, he was like top three in the league in tackles. Yeah. Uh, and he's essentially your leader there in the, in the middle and, and amongst that front seven. So to lose him at this point of the year, well, it's eh, not really funny, but it's just kind of harsh to look at it. Last year at this time, Bobby Wagner had injured himself um, yeah. around this, these last two games and was out. And that's why uh, Jordan Brooks was over to take, over, able to overtake him in terms of tackles on the season. Uh, he made the tackles and franchise history mark for a single season. So really tough blow um, for the young linebacker. And to suffer this injury at this point in the season means that he'll just have a longer recovery time and it might dip into the regular season next year, yeah. which sucks. So just hoping that recovery and the rehab for that, it's, got, it's a long, tough process. So I'm hoping that he's able to get through that um, with as much ease as possible. Right. So,
1: Right. We did mention that Tyler Lockett had come back and was active um, after having a hand injury, but he also was questionable to return with a leg injury in this one. So um Really tough pill to swallow when you have a guy coming in after just getting injured and then injures a different body part. But hopefully it's nothing major. Um,
0: Well, and then I'm trying to find a sort of timetable on it right now. But the official word for it is lower leg contusion, and I don't know about you, but contusion always sounds a little scary. But it doesn't seem like it's too bad. Um, Yeah, the the only updates are contusion. Uh, I'll try to find some sort of update, but all I can see is that they've, they've, they've put a word on what it officially is.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we'll keep posted because that's definitely not a piece that we want to lose as well for a game that you have to win to get into the playoffs. So, um, in the fourth quarter, OG Phil Haynes was out for the rest of the game with an ankle injury. And that sums up our injuries for during the game. Um, Yeah, I mean, those are notable injuries. I just, I don't, hopefully they could fight through the adversity because like we said, this is a must-win game and you lost Jordan Brooks. Do you think that we maybe could have done without Tyler Lockett out there against the
0: Jets? I mean, you mentioned he was limited, right? Um, Yeah. And I was talking to a buddy of mine during last week's game uh, and it was tough to not have Tyler, obviously. I mean, you look at the numbers on third down against Kansas City and they just were bad. And that's typically where Tyler Lockett lives and makes his money, right? Um, I think in a way you could, um, but also part of it is game planning for Tyler Lockett, right? Is You know, um, he's back so quick and he's probably still hurt, but I still have to prepare for him as if it's Tyler Lockett. Normally, because if I sure. get burned, then it's my fault, right? If I get, yeah. if we get burned because we underestimate this guy or we basically game plan for him not being himself, to an effect that's on me. So, um, I think with the way that Seattle played yesterday, yes, but uh, it's a tough situation because part of it too is Vlockett himself wanting to play through it, you know? right? Like, like, are you going to deny a guy like him that? Uh, yeah, you could, but I think. Both sides were like, hey, man, if you're good to go, you're good to go. Let's do it. Yeah.
1: We had several roster moves this week. On the 26th, the team signed Godwin uh, Igweke off practice practice squad. Um, They placed Joey Blunt on IR. They signed running back Tony Jones Jr. to the practice squad after having just waived him last week. On the 27th, they placed tight end Will Disley on IR. He got banged on the knee. He's got a contusion that he's dealing with, said Carol. Um, so we've got to figure out what that's all about. So more to come on Will Disley there. Uh, they signed Xavier Crawford off of practice squad, signed safety Steven Parker to the practice squad, claimed Isaiah Mack off of waivers. They waived Davion Nixon. Wide receiver Bo Melton was signed off of Seattle's practice squad to Green Bay's 53-man roster, and that about covers our roster moves there. On the first, Gino got a $1 million incentive. Smith earned a contract bonus after reaching 4,000 passing yards this season. So, good for Gino
0: he's got um, another one I think if the team makes the playoffs so more money um, more problems I guess not really for <laughs> Gino. so it, it could be a good thing um, but I, again I, at the end of the day not to get all like philosophical but you know you look at this team and they've performed as well as they have considering expectations and they still have a top 10 pick which could yeah. be I think if they got like a top five pick, it would be the first time in NFL history the team would make the playoffs and have a top five pick, which would be pretty cool. So um yeah, that's that's all I have to say on that. The next piece of news that we have in league news is not so cool. So n- neither are the the two aren't.
1: Yeah. No, they're and they're Around the same topic here Um, On the 26th, Brady Basically told us that he was not Considering retirement when the 45-year-old Quarterback was asked if he contemplates Retirement, he replied, I really don't Um, Pretty sure the Buccaneers just took their division, right?
0: Yes, yep With that win over Carolina, they won their division
1: Yeah, so Brady has Won his division several times already And doesn't see himself Being gone anytime soon (laughs) Um, on the 27th, J.J. Watt did kind of confirm that he would be retiring after this season. Um, he recently had a child and just said that uh, it was good for him to see him play the first game. It was his first game watching him play and the this coming week would be his last time playing. So,
0: Pretty crazy.
1: It, I mean, not expected, but I also do remember, I think, from Hard Knocks hearing that he had a significant health concern early.
0: Mm, yes. This yep. year? Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: So um, a lot of things could factor into that decision. But yeah, it's unfortunate to see someone of JJ Watt's caliber leaving the game.
0: Well, and he is the husband of uh, Kalia Watt. Um, who plays Ninda Basel, has spent some time with the U.S. Women's National Team, and yeah, with the child and Watt, um, the his partner, uh, the uh, women's soccer player, saying that she's returning back to action. Someone has to watch that kid. I know they have enough money to watch the kid, but you know what I'm saying. So yeah, JJ will get to be the stay-at-home dad, which is cool. I guess.
1: Good for him. Um, we go back to our Seahawks here we now sit at an 8-8 eight eight standing second in the NFC West still in the hunt um, and as we've mentioned we need to be LA this coming week on the 8th and we also need Green Bay to lose Ooh. so That'll... January 8th will be a 1.25pm start time uh, officially Yeah,
0: big game big game yep yep the Seahawks themselves officially confirmed that okay Oh, sorry. I heard a thud. Yeah, I was like, you're not getting away with that, that one. So, yeah, that's a a must win. It's a must win, and then you get to scoreboard watch on Sunday Night Football. So that'll be fun, right? Not at all stressful. So we'll be with you for both of those games. It's a big, big Sunday uh, for the Seahawks there, which will determine playoffs or not, which at the end of the day, man, we're happy for either way. Um, They won't reach 10 wins like Bill thought uh they did a lot better than i thought they would anyway so i guess we're both yeah. wrong which is okay take that <laughs> right double negative makes a positive that's what i've heard i'm bad at math <clears throat> i'm bad at math and i uh, i guess i just got karma for it so uh <laughs> nothing mariners related necessarily as their offseason continues to be quiet it's been quiet over the past week for them as well um there are some notes here that we have from earlier in the week carlos correa's seg- uh, saga continues Uh, The Mets' chance to keep Correa were reportedly 55% as several teams have reached out to him amid the belief that his camp will not budge on the length or money in his contract as New York has concerns uh, about his surgically repaired lower leg. Uh, Correa incends to stand firm. Uh, The Mets reportedly had the same exact medical concerns that derailed his deal with San Francisco, but he's not interested in renegotiating. On the 26th, Deion Sanders, the legendary NFL cornerback and baseball player, um, says that playing baseball was harder than playing football. So that's uh, that's interesting. I don't know what you want to do with that. I just thought that was pretty interesting. It's always like, there's always not to be rude, but it's like mid-tier athletes will say that. It's like guys that are, you know. Yeah. But if Deion Sanders is saying that, that's pretty interesting. I don't know. I just thought there was, there was some interest in that. Um, Normally, this is where we flip it back to Bell, but uh, there's no storm overseas updates as so that continues to not be updated. But I know that Brianna Stewart has traveled overseas uh, and is uh, the last few days has been getting ready uh, to play some overseas basketball with her team. So we will probably have an update for you when it comes to next week. Aside um, of that, that's the storm news, and I will take it back here and be selfish. And we've got Sounders news here <laughs> as there's been some important stuff. Started with, a ru- there's a bunch of rumors going around the Sounders. We have one piece of official news at least, or two pieces. Uh, the first piece being that on December 26th, uh, Sounders head coach Brian Schmetzer was named amongst the 15 finalists for the best club coach in the world. Lister rec- list was created by the International Federation of Football History and Statistics. Schmetzer is not likely to win the award, but to see a coach in the MLS, let alone the Sounders head coach, be in that top 15 in the world is a pretty strong mark to see and it's 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 uh something that we should recognize i think at least just considering you know the turmoil not necessarily the turmoil but the struggling season that seattle had um and everything that's come with it since schmetzer has taken over the top boss job uh with seattle and it'll just it'll be in another interesting one as well uh Seattle's gonna have to add to their roster they did so with this next piece on december 28th the club was reportedly interested um, in talks to acquire Heber from new york city fc he's a brazilian player who's 31 years of age he's recorded 24 goals and six assists in 70 mls matches with eight of those coming last year, 2022, he is he won MLS Cup in 2021 with New York City FC, um, and excelled in Croatia before joining New York in 2019. Just a day later, uh, the club will officially make that trade happen, uh, acquiring him from New York City FC. Seattle sends 400000 in general allocation money and 150000 of conditional general allocation money to New York City FC in exchange for the veteran attacker. So I've talked about this before with Seattle trading picks and trading other things for this general allocation money. It's going to be used somewhere. It's always, it's always, whenever you see that stacked in succession, over the course of a few weeks, you know a move's going to happen. It happened with Jordan Heidema. It happened with Tobin Heath with the rain. It's just how it works. And it happened with uh, the Sounders trading Brad Smith uh, to get some general allocation money. And they were able to get Albert Rusnak in the last offseason. So as part of that trade package, Seattle would send uh, New York $200,000 of 2023 allocation money and $200,000 of 2024 GAM, as well as that additional 150k. If certain performance metrics are met the brazilian does not occupy an international roster spot and is under contract for the 2023 season and has a club option for 2024. Uh, general manager craig weibel had this to say about the move we are excited to bring in Hibert and strengthen our team with a proven veteran attacking player his track record across multiple leagues speaks for itself and he's been an impact player since coming to mls i'd like to welcome him to seattle And look forward to watching him work with our existing squad once camp begins. So, I like the move personally. You know, you you were looking, once you decided that Will Bruin wasn't coming back in this offseason, you're able to sign Freddie Montero for next to nothing. You kind of figured that uh, Seattle had to get a veteran attacker, a backup veteran attacker. And they did come out and say that. You know, Craig Weil came out and said that. And they did so. Some people were upset. There's two ways to look at this. There's two ways to look at this right he's 31 years old um some people have wanted seattle to go younger and kind of get rid of the aging contracts right yeah uh, essentially to an extent rebuild right It this is a move by seattle that they're going to continue to reload as opposed to rebuild when you look at the 31 year old um there's you know eight goals last season it's not a, not laughing you know it's not a insult i wouldn't say um and it just, it's just basically Seattle is reloading, and they're not planning on starting that re- rebuild right now. They're they are going to do what they can and get the last sort of juices out of guys like Nico Ladero, uh, maybe Stefan Fry, Freddie Montero, um, and continue, Rauri Diaz, and continue to go with the group that they've got and have confidence in the group that they've got with a lot of players returning this upcoming year. So I think this is just a retool move. I'm not I, – I, it was interesting to see a lot of the fan base kind of be like, Who's this guy? You know, and uh, to an extent, you know, there were there were comments that I mean, I, you think about this, like Inter Miami was rumored to get Messi, uh, Toronto FC signed Insigne to like the biggest contract in free agency in MLS history. A lot of fans want guys to the sounders to go out to get guys like Luis Suarez who are aging and get them on aging contracts. You know, and I don't think that's like with the Mariners, right? Why go out and pay a guy like Carlos Correa for ten years when I want to be able to build from the draft? I want to build from within. I want to build young. Yeah. You know, so I can understand why they're retooling right now instead of rebuilding. Uh, I'm okay with it personally. I'm not too worried about it. And with a lot of this group being a group that you know you won Champions League with in 2019, a good amount of them were here for the MLS Cup. So I'm not. I'm worried about it. I'm really not. Um, you see the banner that I've got below my teeth here um, with these rumors. You talked about the Hebera rumor. There was a rumor in the same day that Christian Roldan may be in line for a big extension. Mm-hmm. Sources tell us that Seattle is looking to give the midfielder a five-year extension to stay with the club. Those sources also say that there were multiple offers uh, for Roldan on the table, including two outside of the MLS, which, you know, mm-hmm. you look at MLS and a lot of players will go from MLS to other leagues and use the MLS as a yeah. launching ground. Um, and it sounds like Roldan is going to be one of those, you look at this in general sports, right? Whether it's the NFL, the MLB, WNBA even, NHL, cell, uh, yeah, NWSL is a big case of this. A lot of these leagues, even, you know, we look at MLR, which we covered. There's not many one-team players anymore, just not with, with business works, with, with money, all this. And Roldan, with this extension, may be one of those guys. So that would be cool to see, but to this point... the fact that it says this right below my finger it's a rumor it's a rumor so we'll go with those sources if it's right then we got it right if it's wrong maybe it fell out um less than a rumor though there were i mean this has been something that's been a talk since last season and there were discussions that after the world cup happened new who would be transferred it is after the world cup the men's World cup that is um but there was a a big heavy report that new who was drawing heavy interest in a in the transfer market to a Cameroonian, a Cameroon club, I knew who was from Cameroon. Uh, but those rumors actually turned out to be fake as the club that was linked to him, that was, you know, reportedly looking into him, they came out and legitimately said, hey, that's not true. <laughs> so that kind of, and then uh, Jeremiah Oshan, who's a great uh, Sounders reporter, pointed out that one of the sources and journalists, this was pointed out in his bio was respected Cameroon journalist. Hmm. I could go for your word for it dude you know if if i put it in my bio res- respected nhl photographer who knows maybe people believe me i don't know
1: you're not live
0: no i'm not Liv's giving me <laughs> the, <best therapy. laughs> best appearance on, the camera's right here you know i could turn the camera right now so live lines is behind the camera in a different way right now not one that i'm sure they like but anyway, the <laughs> thing was squash news, probably still going to get transferred at some point, but we don't have any clear indication on where and when that might be. Um, on January 2nd today, this morning, uh, defender Aaron Long reportedly has these hail sounders on his short list. This is another rumor. But Taylor Twelman, who's a big MLS guy, big MLS pundit, talking head, whatever you may call him, uh, can uh, said that sounders in Miami were these two players. Long has narrowed down his list excuse me, to two MLS clubs, Seattle and Inter- Inter-Miami. Uh, offers from Liga MX's Cruz Azul and CF Monterrey, and a few European clubs, including two in England, he has rejected offers from Saudi Arabia amid interest and long as a free agent. So uh, Seattle, it, that would be sort of a crowded space, mm-hmm. uh, just considering that to this at this point right now, you still have Nuhu, got Javier Ayuraga, you still have Yamar, you still have Alex Rogan. So that's four defenders. Unless you decide to go five defenders, which I highly be out, doubt Seattle does, you have to figure someone moves. And maybe that's something that uh, happens with when Boohoo gets moved. But we'll, we'll have to see about that. Uh, so lots of rumors, but Seattle does officially acquire a backup uh, uh, forward in Hebert. Uh, we look to Lord of League Newts here. And it's unfortunate. I said League Newts. I keep doing that, dude. It's news League Newts. Anybody watch Pingu? Liv has not seen Pingu. You're supposed to be the elder here. Um, on the 29th of December, there. This has been a topic for a few months with Pele. Pele has been dealing with some health health stuff, and unfortunately, Pele would pass away at the age of 82 due to colon cancer. Uh, three-time World Cup winner and just a football icon. A lot of people, when they think of. Um, You know, I like these debates about the greatest of all time. And unfortunately, I think the GOAT word used a little too often nowadays. Um, Pele was like universally to an extent agreed as like, uh, here's my thing. You look at like greatest running backs of all time, right? When I think of greatest running backs, I think of guys like Walter Payton, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders. Those three are typically put in there. A lot of people put Emmett, Emmett, uh, Emmett Smith in there, and I understand that but those three that I just listed are usually who I go for. Um, Pele was one of those guys that was kind of generally like, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, I wanna see here if I've got it, shoot. Oh, it's a red photo. Uh, There was, uh, you know, I tie this in here. We can tie this into Seattle. Uh, Once Pele with the New York cosmos, way back in the days of the kingdom, Pele was here in Seattle uh, and he scored a bicycle kick goal. And there's this great photo. If you look up Pele Seattle, where he's in the air and he's about to launch it. Um, so just really unfortunate, you know, um, for that to happen. 2002, the last few years have taken a lot of people, right? Um, so it's really tough for that. But the best thing you can do is continue to honor the legacy of these folks. And, it's, 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 and there's so many ways to do so. So um hoping and praying, you know, that uh, for his family um, as they deal with that loss there to a true icon. Um, now I can finally pass things over after I, you know, been playing hot potato with the, the topics uh, to Bell for the Kraken here. Who first two games of that homestand were no bueno in a lot of ways, and we have another photo breakdown of some of these goals. So we'll be there. The frustration and anger will be back, but Bell, why don't we look at some scores first?
1: Yeah, first two games of the week, but last two games of the year, um, and they were both losses on the 28th versus the Calgary Flames. They lost two to three. Our player of the game is Philip Grubauer, who had 41 saves, a 932 save percentage, a 1.32 goal save above expected, and he tied the franchise record for saves per game. On the 30th versus the Edmonton Oilers, which would be the last game of 2020-22, they lost to the seven. Our player of the game was Morgan Geeky with one assist, (laughs) 1.3 shots, and seven face-offs won. On the first, they started 23 off right with a win versus the New York Islanders. That was a four to one win. Player of the game is Adam Larson with one goal, one point, a one plus minus four shots and four hits.
0: So, yeah, Belle, you talk about those uh, winning, winning to begin the year is good. And we can talk about that in a minute. But man, man, man. Oh, man uh remember last week we went with the breakdown of the goals here
1: yeah lay it on me you know
0: so first of all let's let's preface this right we look at that calgary game you mentioned grubauer having the 41 saves 932 save percentage 1.3 goals saved events above expected tying the franchise record for saves in the game so feel grub grub gruby has many nicknames i'm getting laughed at gruby (laughs) my mom calls him grubhub hi mom my mom calls him grubhub (laughs) um <laughs> gooby Goobauer, all that sort of thing we're gonna do a switch rough and tumble again we're uh, here at rough and tumble i just got a beer live on camera so i appreciate that you're I,
1: so welcome we've, oh, uh, we've got room. an
0: audio appearance we do have a camera here uh i love this place man thank you um wow that was cool <laughs> we should do all these here um But so just prefacing that, right? So 41 saves, just a hell of an effort against Calgary. Calgary is a really good offensive team. They added Nazem Kadri over the offseason. It's a divisional game, right? And with that win, I believe they overtook you in the stand, or they knocked you down a peg in the standings. Um, Coming to this Edmonton game, Drew was named the starter, which when I saw him come out as they first off the ice, I was a little bit surprised, to be honest. I thought, you know, with a tandem, my ideal way to look at a tandem is goalie start, goalie start, and have it, have it, yeah. Uh, I'm dancing here, but you know what I'm saying? We switch off here. Um, right. No, that wasn't the case. And I, I'll, I'll be okay with that because Drew Bauer is the better than two goaltenders, and we can fight about that. Um, Hot take. Within the first four minutes of the game, Edmonton has scored three goals, and we're going to look at some of the issues here. So, Bella, are you ready to play Stare at the Uncomfortable Photo Part 2?
1: And no and yes.
0: <laughs> All right, here we go. Tell me what's wrong here. Besides the fact that he's really just
1: that close.
0: He's he's that wide open. He's that (laughs) unmarked. You see the gentleman over to the far left over there right next to the dot. That's wide open. Yeah. That's where the pass came from. And that's where the guy was the foot open. So that's tapping.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Easy. Tell me. Oh, wrong one. Tell me what he does. (laughs) What can he do? What can he do?
1: I mean, yeah, just easy tapping.
0: Let me see if I can. This might be the Jonesy one. That's the Jonesy one. So let's look at this one. He's literally right in front of him. He's opened the door. He's saying, hello, would you like to learn about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And Groovy's the no... only
1: one there to try to defend.
0: Yeah, he's, he's like, I have opened the door. I did not look through the peephole. I did not get the ring doorbell camera. I cannot look at him and tell him to get the hell off my porch. Look at, I mean, you look at her, look at the three skaters that are looking at him like, oh, bad, just staring right now, but I'm not saying bad words, (laughs) right? So, there's that. The third goal came off of a breakaway, it was a three on two, and I don't have three on two, right? Three, three on two, and the two up here. So, the two went to effectively defend these two, and it left the guy, and I'm using them. That's not the middle finger, thank you. (laughs) The middle guy was left wide open to shoot he was in the garden spot you know it was basically like target practice you know we've got Nick here Nick uh, there's nothing against Nick but anybody could have done that um this third one is just unacceptable as well and it's against Jones so it's not just I'm pegging anything against Jones but this is again he's walking down the aisles of Home Depot with his cart and he's ever adding everything on the shelves this is terrible this is just un- it's unacceptable it's unacceptable and so I'll let you soak that in you know, if you need to pause and smash a keyboard go ahead those aren't cheap though. <laughs> i would instead recommend having libations like rainier there you go at rough and tumble pub but uh the vibe in the locker room was just ransom after that game it was bad you could tell people were upset and it was really interesting because in the practice the day before head coach dave Haxel had basically said i challenged the guys They need the general gist of the quote is a pretty good quote. I believe it's in one of our it was in our article uh, for the win for the loss against Edmonton. Mm He basically challenged the team, "Hey, this is when things get real, right? It's like it's like December in the NFL. Things teams start to kick into another gear. You know, things get tougher. Points are, uh, you know, you need to get these points for the playoff seating. You know, the division starts to get tighter, and it's it's a big deal." and it was just funny to hear that quote to challenge the team to say hey are you just going to be happy with the way that things have been going are you going to kick it into the next level and then they put out that performance so this prompted a a pretty brutal practice the next day um rj my buddy from emerald city hockey titled it a lunch pail sort of practice more of a hard working a grittier Annie Gord called yeah. it a sandpaper like practice and they worked on the penalty kill. You know, they really hammered some things home. They had a long talk after the, um, after the practice had ended. My friends are leaving, and they're not going to make an appearance. Terrible. Just, you just know that they exist. Take care. I am alone here in the corner. Um, and so you're like, okay, will this make any much of the difference? And it did. Seattle looked much cleaner in that win against the Islanders. They were able to... My big thing, too, part of it, you know, if you read that article that I had against Edmonton, uh, please go check that out. It was totally scorched earth. It was woof. But, you know, talk about the defensive issues, excuse me, part of the thing is that Seattle, they were 22nd in shots per game. In the league, which out of their the bottom ten in the league, for a team that's got the offensive weapons that they have, that had the offensive November that they had, that's kind of unacceptable. They put up a good amount of shots in this game against New York. Um, I said I, I put it out in a tweet yesterday that Seattle went two and zero against New York. This guy got upset and he goes, "The Islanders are in New Jersey." I'm like, "Shut up and accept." Oh, um, <laughs> I was like, "You you went out and you took the time to comment. Calm down." Um, <laughs> And But they were just much cleaner defensively. The penalty kill uh, went two for two, thankfully. The power play actually scored. Ely Tolvanen uh, scored his first goal as a Kraken in his first game. That was part of it, too, was with this whole, you know, Dave Haxall, head coach Dave Haxall called it a mentality thing. And I think he's right. You know, it, You know, if you're at home and the dishes are full and they look nasty, you know, Part of it is do I want to just kind of leave it there or do I want to go out and I, I have to do the dirty work? I have to go out and clean the gutters. I go to go out and you know pick the weeds, all this stuff. Who wants to go and do the dirty shit? Oh, oh there it goes. Um, you know, who wants to go out and do that work? And in hockey, that's blocking shots, forward check, bat check you know, just doing the dirty work, doing the stuff, the gritty stuff. And yeah. that will usually decide who's a team that's in the playoffs and making a deep run who's maybe making the playoffs and they're out in the first round or maybe they just miss them all together and seattle looked like that team they were able they were much more active uh, with their sticks they were blocking shots they were sacrificing their body and i talk about elite Tolvan and scoring on that power play goal and that's a big thing when the team um acquired him off of waivers was he's got a really heavy shot and so that was displayed, but also he was blocking shots and putting his body on the line. And that was what you want to see, not only from this team, but from players like that. is a guy who is effectively playing for a contract, playing for a home, and he's doing stuff like that. So that was really great to see uh, after, obviously, those two losses. The two to three loss to Calgary, that's fine. you would like to see better, um, but Calgary's a great team. Um, yeah. And this is a divisional game, and I expect you, you're not going to go and perfect against the division. You know, it's 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 damn near impossible in a lot of things. Uh, so basically, my point in this is Seattle got back to hardworking hockey, is what I like to call it. Uh, their offense looked better. Adam Larson was able to score the first goal. Tolvin and scored the second. Uh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Uh, on Oliver Bjorkstrand, who's had struggles uh, scoring this year. Was able to put one through as well. So maybe like if you keep missing shots, right? If I if I'm horrible from the free throw line, and I finally no not free throw three point line, I finally get one to go. Maybe that opens the floodgates, right? Yes, that's what the hope yeah. is there He's kind of struggled. You see what I mean? I know Bell's the basketball person here, so I'm trying to work with her. Um, <laughs> but if if they're able to keep this up, and that's been something with this Kraken team, even the last year, they beat a lot of talented teams last year. They just didn't. Play the sixty minutes, the full sixty minutes, a full team effort consistently. They play great periods here and there, or two periods, but not the three all the time. And it's just—it's finding that consistency, it's finding that motivation, it's that mentality that they talked about, the determination. So if they're able to keep that up, they've got a tough stretch of January where they play a bunch of teams at the top of the league, including this upcoming week. Well, they play Edmonton tomorrow, so you look to right the ship there. Mm-hmm. Play the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are near the top of the table. Uh, the New, York, New Jersey Devils are going to come to town and they've been near the top of the table as well. The Boston Bruins, who just won the Winter Classic, that's why we're here at Rough and Tumble Pub, uh, will come to town or oh, we'll play them. I don't know if they come here, but point being, it's going to be a tough stretch. They play a lot of division games as well. But if they're able to play like they did against the Islanders, I think they'll be able to make it out of this month as the winning month. They're, it was, I believe, their first losing month of the year was December. They had a great November where they effectively didn't lose at all. And, um, October was kind of they played a few games here and there. We missed the opener because of that 18 inning Mariner game, but you know. Yeah. I mean, but, um, point being, if they can do this consistently, I think they're dangerous. So.
1: All right, we'll go ahead into our players of the week. I went with I'm going to go ahead and just continue because I went with Adam Larson, who we just had as our player of the game for that win against the New York Islanders. Um, so. Charles has thrown the stats up there, but my decision was based off of Sunday's first period goal, giving him a point in six consecutive consecutive games. And that is the first time that that has happened in Adam Larson's career. So congrats to him.
0: That's a great point too. And I, I, I liked when you put that in there. Credit to Bell. Bell did a great job on the notes this week. Um, that's something too, is that, you know, I talk about the offensive input of this team, And with Tolvin and scoring, this Kraken team has a lot of depth. You know, their fourth line's been tremendous this year. They've got uh, contributions from up and down the line. You don't always get that, right? You're not going to get scoring on your bench all the time, necessarily. You might have a couple guys, like a six-man, that you can count on to do that. But to get that sort of consistently from – if I can count on everybody all the way – if I can say I can go down the lineup and I can say there's not that many – That's a good thing. And to that point, the defenseman pairs have been able to score offensively as well. And Larson here with that streak, you like to see that because Larson is part of your top defensive pairing, meaning he's one of your top two defensive line, uh, defenseman, not defensive line. I got into the football mantra there. (laughs) Top two defensemen. Yeah, he's not that big. Um, But to see that. Uh, is, is, is good because you want your defenseman to be able to chip in offensively as well. you got five guys on the ice in terms of skaters, and two of them are defensemen. So if you can have those two help, it's going to be a big deal. Um, I went with Ryan Donato, so it's funny. We just had Nick and Liv here. Yeah. Donato and Larson are their two favorite players. So I kinda oh, I knew Larson was, was Liv. So we've got this photo here of Ryan Donato. Uh, you can see it on your screen a little bit. He's trying to shush the Islanders offender. He's saying, shush, shush, it'll be okay sweet nothings uh I went with Donnie here I could have I I almost agreed with Liv I mean I've got I'm too busy talking about people that are not here right now I almost agreed with (laughs) Bell with the Larson when he looked at the points and I thought that was good thank you um Donato had one goal two assists three points which is similar to what Larson had on the week but Mm -hmm. I liked just the uh, plus minus that Donato had you know plus minus if you're on for the ice for goals or not um uh, yeah, seven shots, one hit, two face-off wins. And the, with Tolman and coming into the lineup, somebody had to come out. And I thought it was either Donato or Morgan Geeky. Morgan Geeky would end up going out. It just made sense, though, because Donato's been really producing in terms of points the last few games. And that's something he did even last year to earn a contract this year. So uh, just hoping that he's able to keep that. Up. I, it's going to be tough. Uh, this is something I don't want to have to address necessarily right now. But there's a le- – even in the Seahawks season, right? We look at guys who are going to be free agents or some, so-and-so at the end of the year, right? We look at guys who are at the end of their contract. We have a bunch of guys for the Kraken who are going to have to be really evaluated, reevaluated. Yeah. pardon me, uh, for that. But we're not even at All-Star break yet, so we're not going to worry about that just yet. We might we might take a look at that here in a little bit, but for now, we're going to leave that um and get through the rest of this Kraken segment, which we, uh, oh, our buddy Shane Wright's doing all right. Why don't we look at Team news
1: Yeah, Team newts.
0: <laughs> did I say Team newts? Oh No,
1: you didn't. I'm teasing you. I wouldn't be surprised. So as you if mentioned, I A prospect check-in here, Shane Wright. In four games, he's had three goals, three assists, six points, a plus one um, since his time in AHL Coachella Valley. With the Firebirds, five games, four goals. In the NHL, one game, one goal. World Juniors, three games, three goals. And nine, what's nine games, eight goals? That's
0: just the total.
1: Okay. Okay. Sorry, confused me there. So, yes, total of nine games and eight goals. Um, we move on to Johnny Nyman, who has four games played two goals, one assist, three points, and one game winning goal. And Nicholas Coco, who hasn't played a game yet. <laughs> yeah, and so that, we're checking our in our guys. <laughs> yeah.
0: Shane, Shane had a. Shane's. This is something I've talked about. And even we talked about it uh, when he was able to get him through, even after he scored against Montreal. Uh, and was headed off to World Juniors. You know he's had a great month of December, and now it's going to carry into January with the end of World Juniors. Um, and you just really hope that this is a big, big builder. Oh, the sun's coming in. Is this my golden hour? Um, it is. You just hope that this builds his confidence um, and is able to help him. The soonest game he could come back to Seattle would be uh, uh, January seventh versus Ottawa, um, and we'll get to it here when when we go to upcoming. But the Kraken go on the road for, like, 13 days, which is, like, kind of long. So it'll excuse me, be a bit. But nice to see Shane have this this nice time with, you know, Bell broke it down with Coachella, the one game with the Kraken, and then the uh, the World Juniors. Um, And even Yanni Nyman. Yanni Nyman's been doing pretty well in terms of the advanced stats as well. The two goals, one assist is great, three points overall. But some of his underlying stats as well have been really solid. Uh, and, you know, we talk about what the Mariners and their farm system. This goes for the prospect pool as well with the Kraken. So you like to see mm-hmm. building for that future. Um, I love it. I love it. And I'll let have, you
1: touch on the next piece of news because I know that you're probably that super stoked. Yes.
0: Woo. Woo. So this was something. Uh, you know what? You're right. I'm going to stand for this. Maybe this is the rainier <laughs> talking. Um, this was something. Oh, you can see my rain shirt. Look at that so i don't have the hats, oh. today but i've got something um but so this was something that was rumored over the past few weeks that seattle would host this event and it was a big deal it's been we actually as i mentioned uh live lions uh, our lead photographer and her uh her husband nick were here as we were watching at rough and tumble the winter classic between pittsburgh and boston typically it's a game played between sort of the uh the storied franchises right some of the older teams um in venues like Fenway Park like Wrigley Field or um, where else have they been? they've done they've done at other places you know but you get what I'm saying it's kind of the older the NHL is yeah. deciding to go in a different direction and they're going to do so with two of the hottest markets in the NHL and two of the newest teams in the NHL as it was announced earlier today that the Winter Classic is heading to Seattle the 2024 Winter Classic outdoor game played between two teams where both of them wear throwback uniforms will take place at our beloved Oval Park on New Year's Day as Seattle hosts the Las Vegas Golden Knights. It is the NHL's premier event. It will be the first outdoor contest for the Kraken, who began their NHL journey just last year. Uh, Ronnie Franchise, Ron Francis, the general manager of the team, had this to say, outdoor hockey is at the essence of our game and the way many of our players grew up playing it. We are thrilled to have the chance to showcase this in Seattle. The 2024 Discover NHL Winter Classic continues the tradition the league established in 2008 of hosting a regular outdoor game, uh, regular season, pardon me, at the onset of the new year with the 2024 edition marking the 16th anniversary. Uh, CEO of the Kraken Todd Wiki had this to say we are honored that the NHL has selected the Kraken in just our second season to host this amazing event at the home of our friends the Mariners over 40,000 fans think about that Climb Pledge Arena holds about 18,000 at full full capacity 40,000 is more than double that um, and T-Mobile Park can more than double that so maybe I don't know how they're gonna I don't know how that'll go from now until then but it's looking good uh, I can imagine they're gonna do a good job of selling that place uh, over 40,000 fans will witness the beauty and grace of our wonderful game in a venue that showcases the beautiful sound surrounded by the Cascade and Olympic Mountains. Katie Griggs, Seattle Mariners president of business operations, had this to say It's a tremendous honor to host the next NHL Winter Classic with Emo Park. We're thrilled to have the opportunity to support our hometown team when they take the ice and see our ballpark packed to the Raptors with our city's incredible fans cheering them on. So, I, you're right. This is a slam dunk. You know, when I saw it, it was like, okay, with the rumors, I know we talked about rumors in the sounder segment, right? You gotta take things with a grain of salt because it can be like this was stuff that got this close. It could be just completely wrong. You know, um, this is great to see. And it was interesting because there are a couple venues, people have like theorized this thing sort of happening since the team actually began. They thought Lumen Field. I thought Lumen Field would fit the best just because of the way it's built like a bowl. It would surround the ice sure. better. Uh, Husky Stadium on Mont Lake was thought about, which I understand that because it's the greatest setting in college football. Um, but T-Bone Park makes the most sense because you think New Year's Day and the weather in the city. And if that uh-huh. rain, if it rains on that ice, the game is done. They can't play anymore, you know. Um, if it snows like it has in some of these other games, these other winter classics, it's fine because it's basically already snow, right? I uh, Water and that rain. So T-Mobile Park's roof, I think, was the biggest factor there. Uh, Todd Lewicki did speak with the media right as we were setting up, and he did say that the roof was nice. But the big, he said the biggest factor was how much the, the Mariners helped pitch this to the NHL. I think the roof is the bigger thing. <laughs> um, but it's good to know, you know, we talk, well, all we do at circling settle sports here, right. With all of our teams, You always like to see when they kind of like are buddies with each other like that. Hey, you just copied my hand motion. Um, yeah. so this was just like, and a great example of that because they reached out to the Mariners and Mariners, were like, oh, this is great. And the Mariners really pushed that. So that would that's awesome. I think that's really awesome and will be a ton of fun to see. Um, I'm interested to see how that works for us Bell in terms of press and all that you know I because know. it's like a crossover episode Have you ever watch those crossover episodes like Jimmy Neutron and yeah uh, uh, shoot like fairly odd parents or something uh, sounds like it's a crossover episode they've had it in a bunch of different shows like uh, Brooklyn I nine and New girl had a crossover episode that I didn't even realize until I watched both of them. Um, it's a crossover episode between our friends at the Mariners whether it's PR fans you know the workers and then the Kraken which is they're going to collide it's going to be interesting to see that so it'll be a ton of fun but look forward to that uh, in the next season
1: yeah very exciting confirmed rumor so not a rumor anymore Um, but we'll move on to some league news here on the 28th the NHL has fined the Maple Leafs 100k Uh, the league has penalized Toronto for traveling during the league mandated Christmas break for Tuesday's game in St. Louis We'll move back to our Kraken here for our standing and record. We currently sit at 19-12-4 four record, fourth in the Pacific with 42 points. Looking ahead, we have a game tomorrow at, at the Edmonton Oilers this time. That's a 6 p.m. puck drop. On the 5th at the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 4 p.m. puck, puck drop. And then once again away at the Ottawa Sen- Senators for a 4 p.m. puck drop. So... I does that. Oh, we actually have some Sea Dragons news here. So why don't you go ahead and take it away, Chuck?
0: Yeah, it sucks. I've got my hoodie on. I'm at rough and tumble. I don't have any rain news, but it's just been really quiet for them for the past few months. The Sea Wolves have been quiet as well, despite the fact that they've been uh, the last few months, they continue to add to their roster. But uh, Sea Dragons, yes, they had their supplemental draft uh, yesterday on the first. Um, And there's one name in particular. He's our cover photo Mm -hmm. for it. So we'll just put it on here. Josh Gordon's part of it, and that got me. I was like, "Wait, is it that Josh Gordon? Like Josh Gordon had all those great seasons, all those like two great seasons in Cleveland, and just you know had issues where the league didn't want him to smoke weed, and he was part of the Seahawks for a bit, and Seattle just kept wanting to take him back." Uh, I hope the XFL rules are, are not as stingy. First of all, but uh <laughs> yeah, let's sick. get to the draft results. If you look here, you'll notice there's a trend with a lot of trenches, offensive linemen. So here's the draft results for the supplemental draft for the XFL. Uh, offensive lineman Kai Abshear, offensive lineman Ryan Pope-Williams, offensive lineman Jared Thomas, defensive lineman Sharif Miller, inside linebacker Clarence Hicks, wide receiver Josh Gordon, uh, offensive lineman uh, Tian Coroma, wide receiver Jordan Bessie, defensive back Elijah Holder, offensive tackle Kalik Washington, offensive guard Zach Thomas, defensive end Chris Rice, and fullback fullback Ben Bise. Um I thought this draft was interesting, obviously, because of Josh Gordon to the highest extent, uh, yeah. but also the fact that they took a fullback and some people wanted them to take a tight end. But as was so kindly told to us uh, in comments from the initial draft was that some people thought they would take another tight end um, mm-hmm. or add another tight end. But with the run and shoot offense that Jude Jones runs, they only really use tight end one tight end. But, yeah, you know, if 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 if. Uh, Joshua Perkins goes down with an injury, what do you do? You just don't have a tight end. Maybe you put Ben Bise as the fullback in a tight end. So kind of interesting, but I just really like that he added Josh Gordon. I really hope that the rules aren't as stringent as the NFL so that if he needs to do that, you know, you're able to, um, oh, that's funny. Four minutes ago, the, the Bleacher Report, Blitch Report app wanted to tell me that Josh Gordon got drafted to the XFL. We were actually on it. <laughs> um, so that'll be that'll be really cool, and I just hope he's able to succeed. Ben DiNucci, uh, your pick for a player to watch this season, um, was really excited and says he's going to see him this weekend to work out. So yeah. hopefully that's a great connection there and just really excited for that. Um, and just excited for the XFL season. I mean, it should be a ton oh, yeah. of fun. Uh, just if you look at views and general interest, a lot of people really enjoy the XFL coverage and seem to be excited about the XFL so I'm hoping that um, we can well I did message the social media admin for the Sea Dragons and they said that the schedule is dropping very soon so that very soon could be two hours or it could be a week
1: which they were they were actually getting harassed on Twitter, too. Um, I think the Sea Dragons tweeted something about like, what do you what would you like to see in 2023 from them? And everyone's like a schedule would be nice. <laughs> so. Yeah. So
0: just like for our planning purposes, so I can incorporate stuff, I'd like to be able to put that down. Right. Considering when we hit spring, I've talked to Bell about it. Once we hit spring, things get busy. So I'd like to be able to start to incorporate plans for that. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm happy with it. Um, And we're pushing it here, so we'll wrap up our Sea Dragon segment and get to our unanimous Seattle Star of the Week pick.
1: Canine Kenneth Walker III. So after Sunday's game, he officially had a thousand plus scrimmage yards this season, and he joins Kurt Warner and Joey Galloway as the only rookies in Seahawks franchise history to do so. of course he started the game explosive and he really gave our offense the boost it needed to take the lead in the game early and hopefully he can help this week as well. So any, uh, anything you'd like to
0: add? No, I think, uh, oops, I hit the wrong thing. You think uh, you had a great point that we know with the sort of uh, scrimmage yards there, but just, He's, he's kind of, in a way, been the leader of the pack when it comes to our young rookie class. I know that Abraham Lucas was on an active list, unfortunately, with an injury. But you think about that Seahawks rookie class um, with Charles Cross. So you picked correctly when it came to our draft primer. You picked the right tackle there uh, Charles Cross, Abe Lucas, Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, Kenneth Walker. It feels like Walker's kind of led the pack there. And it's just really interesting to always think about the dynamic that him and Rashad Penny would have if they're both healthy. But just the explosiveness he's had, there was some concern with him coming out of the college season that he might – he had a big year at Michigan State. I know he transferred to Michigan State, I believe. There was like, oh, is, is it just a fluke? Is he really not that good? And you just see the sort of burst, the sort of explosiveness that he does have. And I think any of that doubt would go away. You know what I mean? So he's just continued to be a great contributor for this team. And hopefully he has a big game next week because we're going to need it. I think Aaron Donald's still out, so you don't have to worry about him necessarily. Oh. They've got a good I, – I, I could be wrong. I know that last report I saw on him was that he might be out for the season with an injury, but we'll have to look at that uh, as we look ahead to this Rams game. Um, but Ken Walker's just been electric all year when he's been able to get in the game and just really happy to have him offensively um, and just healthy, just having a happy on this team. So,
1: yeah. That wraps us up.
0: So, you know, we look at it and the Seahawks have a must win next week and they need to get some outside help as the Detroit Lions play the Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football. But first things first, you got to beat the Rams. Uh, so that game's on January 8th at 1.25 p.m. The Mariners uh, continue throughout this free agency period. Things are kind of quiet right now in the MLB offseason, but you never know when Jerry Depoto might strike with a trade. The Seattle Storm, you probably will have some up, uh, updates for you for Storm overseas next week as Brianna Stewart has finally joined her overseas team uh, for the offseason. And I know that the WNBA was working on some new dates for a WNBA free agency. So maybe that yeah. sort of thing gets rolling sooner rather than later. The Sounders, uh, Brian Schmetzer was named as a finalist for the best club coach in the world. which is great to see. I, can, I don't think he'll win it, but it's nice to see him recognized in that sort of field. Uh, the club ac- acquired Hebert from New York City FC, who was a backup forward who's been able to produce in his time in MLS um and helps kind of the sounders sort of retool uh let's see what else do we have here the kraken tough tough sort of homestand there but if the last game against the islanders is any indication of what's going to take place then they're going to be in good shape and we found out that seattle will be hosting the winter classic in 2024 which is a big deal for the city as well the will rain continue their offseason. it's been relatively quiet uh, there have been some notes here in free agency for other nwsl clubs but nothing for our rain as of yet um our Seahawks as well—they've been busy in the offseason, adding talent from the other clubs that will not be playing this season. But just looking forward to get uh, to the MLR season uh, when that decides to kick off, because the Seawolves are looking like a really, really strong team. The Sea Dragons add a bunch of talent in the offensive line department, and the f- defensive line—well, mostly offensive line, if you remember when we went over that—but uh, also the big playmaker. Hopefully, Josh Gordon is drafted to the Seattle Sea Dragons. Uh, would like to give you a supersonics news, but that's the point. This is uh, us coming to you from uh, I'm at rough and tumble pub here in Ballard. The first Seattle sports. Well, the first primarily women's sports bar here yes. in Seattle, the state of Washington, the second in the country. And I know that there was a, there was a really bad comedian on Twitter who was like, who, who's commented about them going out of business, uh, blah, blah, blah. They, they're doing because great right they now.
1: only play women's sports, is what That's he said, what he which thought. is not true.
0: Nope. As I said, uh, Liv Lyons, our lead photographer, and her husband Nick and I were here watching the NHL Winter Classic. We've watched a few Kraken games here already. They have the Rose Bowl going on, or they did have the Rose Bowl, and now it's uh, Monday Night Football getting ready. I see Joe Buck and Trey. <clears throat> Um, So these these folks are great. You know, we had an on-screen appearance, which we haven't done, and I got served. I got given a reindeer on camera. Can on we screen do that for more the first often? time. Yeah, can we do that more often. I don't know. So, until we see you next week, we're in the month, we're in the year 2023, and there's going to be a big amount of things, large amount of things that come for circling Seattle Sports. Uh, I could tell you that. I've talked to Bella a little bit about it, so I'm excited for you all to see that. Until we see you next week, the um, teams are going to be kind of quiet, you know, at least in terms of home team. The Seahawks are playing at home next week, but until we see uh on January 9th, Uh, do whatever you be okay be careful you know we don't have the ice right now which is great the sun's out Uh, i was in my golden hour all that i've been taking care of my skin a little bit but until we see you next week uh take care of yourself be well and do whatever you can to make today a great day bell any thoughts
1: uh no. that about signs us off